Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Today, uh, I want to talk about something uh, that when it isn't dealt with, I believe it actually takes so many people out. When this isn't dealt with, it takes so many people out and it can cause um, derailment in people in their emotions, motivation, in their focus or vision. It can actually stop them from God-given dreams, removing people out of the plans and purposes God has for their life. It it can affect and derail relationships they have with others or even uh, impact how that you walk with Jesus or even remove you completely from uh, your walk with him. But on the flip side, when this is dealt with properly, it will actually build perseverance character and endurance and enlarge your capacity. And this is something that not just a select few of people will deal with in life. This is something that every single person deals with in life. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about this disappointment. Disappointment is something that everyone faces in life. What was hoped for or expected was not realized or was delayed. Then disappointment sets in. Then disappointment sets in. I'm just going to pray before we dive more into this. God, I thank you for these moments together. I I just pray that you would speak to hearts, speak through my mouth. And Father, that you just uh, speak right to hearts. We thank you that you are good and that you would just illuminate your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, everyone experiences disappointment in life. You know, there's the little things like your team not winning. Jesus, honestly, Jesus helped the flames as they go into their season. But or like at the grocery store and you go down the aisle and Miss Vicky's chips aren't there. Or, or my two and a half year old when I say, no, we're not going to watch TV first thing in the morning. Little disappointments. But there are big disappointments in life, too. You know, um, thought this person was going to be the one and it doesn't work out. Or your career is not turning out as you thought it would be. Or someone lets you down in a relationship. Maybe a job loss, a loss of a contract. Maybe trying for kids, but each month you're not pregnant. Praying Praying and believing and praying and believing and praying and believing. But you're not seeing an answer and it's taking longer. Disappointment. Disappointment hopes not realized or delayed. And disappointment can cause people to give up. Disappointment can lead to people giving up. To stop believing or standing in faith. Stop looking for the one, you know, stop us from praying those God, those big God prayers, causing us to, to move uproot ourselves or to, to give up on what we know is good to do because we're not seeing results. You know, the prefix dis in disappointment, it really, it's the, uh, it's to move in the opposite direction, you know, disown 
is the opposite of own. Disappear, well, appear, right? <laughs> Dislodge, well, it's lodged. I've had to dislodge some things when Levi ate something when, I was when he was really little. And dislodge, that was a good dis. Um, dishonest. But disappointment moves you in the opposite direction of where you are appointed. Disappointment will move you in the opposite direction from where you are appointed. Now, you have actually been appointed and placed by God for a purpose and a plan. You've been appointed and placed by God for a purpose and a plan. His plan. God does not disappoint. He only appoints. Disappointment not dealt with can cause you to move in the opposite direction of what God has appointed for you, where he has put, placed you. Now, 2 Timothy, we see Paul who's writing to Timothy, and Paul is in prison at this time, and he's in prison for preaching the gospel. There's some great challenges and very fair to be a discouraging or um, a discouraging uh, situation. A disappointing situation. But this is what Paul writes in 2 Timothy. It says this. Therefore, I, uh, therefore, do not be ashamed. You could also say, do not be disappointed. Of the testimony of our Lord or of his pr uh, prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who saves us and calls us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace. I'm so glad that it's not having to do with our works, but having to do with Jesus, which was granted to us in Christ from all eternity, but uh, has now been revealed by the appearing of, of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who uh, abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which check this out. I was appointed a preacher, an apostle and a teacher for which I was appointed a preacher, apostle, a teacher for this reason. I also suffer these things, but I'm not ashamed for I know whom I believe. And I'm convinced that he is able to protect what I've entrusted to him until that day. Saved, called, purpose, appointed. Those are really what I see in there that he was saved. Paul was saved by God. He was called by God and he was appointed by God for a purpose. He was appointed for a purpose and because of his appointed purpose, he was able to endure. He faced great challenges that could disappoint anybody seeing what was going on. But he saw that he was called and appointed to preach, teach, and to be an apostle. And Paul was not ashamed or disappointed of the gospel of Jesus. He knew the suffering that he was going through, the challenges would actually lead to something being produced in him. Paul knew that he was saved. He was called, appointed for a purpose. Now, today, you have been saved by Jesus. God has called you. And you are appointed by God for a purpose.
You've been appointed by God, placed by God for a purpose. Now in Canada, we have ambassadors and ambassadors are appointed and then they are sent to different countries to represent Canada, to represent Canada, to do, to execute the purposes or agenda that, that Canada has in those other nations. And they also have authority behind them as ambassadors. They're representing, but they are appointed ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. You and I, we are appointed as ambassadors for Christ. You are appointed. Wherever you are, you are an ambassador appointed for Christ. At your job, you are an ambassador appointed at your job. Even if it's a job you hate, you are appointed at that place. In your home, with your family, you are appointed by God. With your friends, you are appointed by God for an ambassador. You are appointed and placed by God for an ambassador for Christ. You may be appointed as a teacher, an artist. Maybe you're in construction, building, creating. Maybe you're a CEO, maybe a, a friend, an encourager, a business owner, a kingdom financer, maybe a mom, a spouse. There's so many different things, but God has saved you, called you, and has appointed you for his plans, his purposes for your life and for this world. And where you are in, in right now in time, uh, in the time of life that you are, in the season of life, if you will, if you're single, if you're married, if you have kids, if you're retired, whatever point of time of life you're in, you are appointed or placed in that time for a purpose from God in that time. Whatever your occupation is, God has appointed and called you for that time time. God has placed you there for his purpose and to work in and through you. God has placed and appointed you. Just as he appointed Paul today, you can know that God has appointed you. Where God has appointed and placed you, you are called to and placed to what? Not just to be there, but actually where God has appointed you, you are actually to bear fruit, to bear fruit. In John 15, 16, it says this, Jesus is saying, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. You were chosen. You're not a mistake, an accident. No, God chose you. And get this, and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You were appointed. So where you are placed by God is actually where you are going to bear fruit. You are appointed, it says, that you, that you would go and bear fruit. Wherever you are, where God has placed you, you are called and placed to bear fruit. You are appointed 
to bear fruit. And know what? Now, if you've been with Thrive and been with us for a, a bit, you'd know I like gardening. And I am already like counting down the days um, of, of gardening. I actually have already planned out my garden. I've got it in my little spreadsheet. I have everything. I already bought my seeds. And I've, I've pre-planned and I've already appointed before the seed even hits the ground. I already know where this seed, where these plants are going to go before it's even the time to grow. So I've appointed them. So when it is finally the right time to, to go, hopefully sooner, I like, I, yeah, I'm excited about it. I enjoy it. Hey, um, but I, once I plant the seed and the seed starts to grow, know what's the worst thing to do? Move it, uproot it. Where I've appointed or where I've placed that seed, now it needs to remain so that it can grow and what? And bear fruit when you remain. So as you remain where God has placed you and appointed you, you will bear fruit. It sort of sounds like one of the most key, one of the key scriptures for our church in Psalms 92, where it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish or thrive in the courts of our God. As you are planted and where God and, and you are planted and remain where God has appointed and called you and placed you, you will bear fruit. But disappointment, now disappointment not dealt with will rob you of what God has for you and where God has appointed or placed you, right? Because you've been appointed, dis, it will bring you to the opposite of what you've been appointed. You know, it will get you, uh, it will get you by giving up, right? To give up. Disappointment not dealt with correctly will get you to give up. Give up on that God-given dream or vision. Give up on believing for breakthrough, Give up on wanting a family. Give up your peace. Give up on people. I've been hurt enough. I've been disappointed enough by people. Giving up on people. Or I'm going to give up on God. I've been praying. I've been believing. Or I've been tithing. I'm giving up. Or as well, it can even stop. Stop praying. Stop standing in faith. Stop dreaming. Stop loving. And even this, stop doing what's just in front of you to do. Joseph, he even, I'm not going to get into it, but Joseph, he just did what was in front of him, whether it was at Potiphar's house, in the prison. And and know what? Wherever he was planted, what was just in front of him? He bore fruit. He bared fruit. There was fruit growing. What was in front of him? But disappointment can swindle you out of, out of the waiting in faith for God's appointed time. Because there is an appointed time for what God has for you. In Habakkuk 2 verse 3, it says this, For the vision is yet for the appointed time. There's an appointed time for the vision. It hurries towards the goal and it will not fail. Though it delays, wait for it. For it will uh, certainly come. It will not delay long. The vision, the plan, the purpose that God has for you, there is a appointed time. And in order to get there, 
You need to remain. Because God loves you too much to answer our prayers at any other time than his perfect time. Than his appointed time. There are some things in life that, you know, there are some things in life, disappointments that you can just brush off and move on from, right? You can just brush off and move on from some disappointments. Like you go pour a bowl of cereal and then you go into the fridge and there is no milk, right? You can brush that off. That is... Right? If you can't, hey, like message us after, uh, let's talk. But that is a, that you can brush off. But what about those big things? Those real disappointments that, that actually like hit deep to your heart. That can actually be devastating. That are just so, it just sinks when that disappointment happens. You know, a longtime friend maybe betrays you. You lost the job. Or you thought you'd be in a different place right now in your life. Maybe a breakup. Or you're applying for the job. Like the job. The one that you took that internship. You went through it all. You, you went to post-secondary for. You were like, you were working for it. You were working for it. And you didn't get it. You haven't gotten hired on, but that was what I was going to do. Or you maybe losing that contract. Or like I said earlier, trying each month for a baby and you're just not pregnant. Or praying and believing for breakthrough. And breakthrough, it seems like it's not coming. What do we do with those big disappointments, whatever that might be, whatever that might be, but those big ones that just, what do we do with those? Because if we treat those disappointments, like I treat the disappointment of the bowl of cereal, I just try and brush it off or maybe do what I personally am really good at of just pushing it down and not dealing with Truly, if you don't, de- that's not dealing with it. And if you don't deal with disappointment, the disappointment will deal with you. And how will it deal with you? It will disappoint you. It will move you from where God has appointed you to be. Because, and not only that, but it can also bring things emotionally, mentally stealing from you. You know, Proverbs 13, 12, it says, when hopes, dreams seem to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life, sweetness will satisfy your soul. But isn't that so true that when hope just keeps going and going and doesn't happen, it can be depressing can even come in in physical forms of where you start to feel it. So how do we deal with those? How do we deal with those truly disappointing moments in life? I think the best place to look is Jesus. Now, I want to dump it, jump into an account of how Jesus dealt uh, with something that was so devast that was that was something so hard 
And now Jesus, he was, he is 100% man, 100% God. He, uh, Hebrews talks about that. He knows how we feel. He's gone through every temptation, every challenge that we go through. He's gone through that. Now to set the scene, Jesus has just been at the last supper with his disciples. And, uh, and this is just before he is later arrested and then taken away, tried and then crucified. And Jesus knows this because he knows what, what is the future and he knows what's going to happen. But his disciples are going to the Garden of Gethsemane just outside of the city. And Gethsemane really means a place of pre- the, uh, the place of pressing of olives. A pressing place. He's in a pressing place. Disappointment can be pressing, can't it? Disappointment can be pressing. Where it presses you, it, it tries to move you, presses you, can try and press to move you from that appointed place that God has for you. Now look what Jesus does in the pressing place. In Mark 14, 32, it says, Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter James and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. Now Jesus, he knew what was going before him, that he was going to go to the cross, take on the sins of the entire world, take on all sickness, all disease onto him. And we see the man part of like, we see that he's going through everything that could be possible that you and I go through. It is happening in the garden right here. He's in great distress. So much so that it's like he's even to death. Even it feels almost as if he's dying. You know, in some ways, there are some disappointments that cause great distress, great sorrow, even to the point where it can even feel like your soul is dying, if you will, where you feel as though you are dying inside. Now Jesus, he goes on in verse 35, he went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it, if it were possible, thou might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. What's amazing about this account is Jesus, he's being honest with the Father. He's being honest with the Father. He's saying, Abba, if you can remove this, remove this. I'm in agony. I'm in pain. He's not hiding it. He's not pretending. But Jesus is raw in the midst of his distress. In the midst of disappointment and distress, I think we need to be real with God. Real with how we are feeling, how what we're going through, and bringing it to him. Not hiding it. Not being like going to God and you're in pain and you just do the, we're good. I'm here. No, but be real with him. 
And because Jesus, he was real with the father. And I appreciate how real he was. And like giving him a shout out of like, take this cup away from me. All things are possible and it is possible. God, you can do all, Father, you can do all things. Remove this from me. And I've, I've prayed prayers like that when I'm going through stuff. God, can you just remove this, this pain, this discomfort, this disappointment? But then Jesus says some of the like nine most powerful, some of the most powerful words in the Bible, nine of them. He says this, he says, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Not my will, but your will. Not my plan, but your plan. I'm not trusting in my plan, but your plan. Not in my timing or trust in my timing, but your timing. In the midst of great distress and agony, not my will, but your will. Acknowledging in the midst of great disappointment, devastation, what was hoped for or expected, not realized or delayed. I believe we have an opportunity, just as Jesus did, to acknowledge and choose not my will, not my timeline, not what I'm feeling, but your will. Not how I think it should be done, but your will, but your timing. Acknowledging that God, he's still got you. He's still got your life. Because sometimes, quite, quite frankly, our hopes can be in our plans, in our timing, in the people around us or in our ways of doing things. Maybe we'll sprinkle a little bit of God on there, but sometimes that's where our hopes can be and that can lead to disappointment. But I believe we can recognize God in those times. You've got me. If it isn't finished, you're not done. And I want to encourage you just some practical things that I think will help in the midst of the disappointment, in those midst of those, those moments where just, oh, is this. It's after you're real with God in prayer, been real with him, you come to him and you acknowledge him. Is one is, is just reflect and remember that this God, he's good. He is good. You see it in scripture. You see that he is good. And then as well as, as look back and know that God, he is good to me. How do you do that? You look back in your life and you see those moments that God has come through. You see what God has done just by you breathing right now is God's faithfulness. And I think the third thing that will help in the, the just utter disappointment, hopes that weren't realized is to remind ourselves that God is good at being God. He's got you. I, God, I trust you. I know that your ways are higher than my ways. I've got you. 
You know, Psalms 42, 11 in the Passion says, So I say to my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be uh, disturbed. For I know my God will break through for me. Then I will have plenty of reasons to praise Him all over again. Yes, living before His face is my saving grace. You know, in the midst of devastating disappointment, we need to go to God and be real. We need to go to Him and be real. Just be bold. Say, God, I'm going through this. God, I'm struggling with this. I thought this was going to work out. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know. And be real with Him. And then the second is to acknowledge that God, that God's plan, His timing, His way, and His way of doing things, that God, you've got this. Not my will, but your will. Acknowledge, okay, God, I am choosing that not my will, but your will. And as you do this in disappointment, I believe it will actually produce this in your life. It will produce endurance, godly character, and patience. In Romans 5, 3, it says this, But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our uh, pressures will develop us in, develop in us uh, patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. That disappointment, God, He does not disappoint. He only appoints. But when disappointment comes, as you go to God and you acknowledge God, not my will, but your will, not my way, but your way, it will produce character, endurance, and actually enlarge your capacity to then receive what God has as you remain planted, as you are anchored into Him. You know, John 15, 16 says this. Jesus again, He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. So whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He may give to you. You've been appointed by God. You've been saved, called, appointed, and have a purpose, His purpose. And I want to encourage you, don't allow discouragement to rob you swindle or, or rob you and take you away, move you from the appointed place that God has for you. When discouragement comes, because in life there is discouragement, go to God, be real with Him, and then acknowledge, God, it's not my will, but your will, and I know you've got it. And God, you are good. At being God. 
before we go into worship, can I just pray with you right now? If you've gone through some disappointment this year, this week, just this morning, I just want to pray with you uh, right now. Father, I just thank you for every single person watching. And God, that I thank you that you are so good, that you love us so much, that your love was shown, not in just mere words, but in the word that became flesh, Jesus. And Father, I thank you where there is disappointment in people's lives, where, where the disappointment is trying to move them from where you've appointed. Father, I pray just for your strength, Father, to endure. Father, I thank you for boldness and confidence to come to you, to be real with you. And I thank you that as we do, that you give us strength, you bring healing. So Father, right now we come to you in the midst of our disappointment. We say, God, we need you. We can't do this without you. Father, heal hearts. Father, I thank you that you're healing brokenness. You're building trust. You're bringing courage and faith in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you are good at being God. We trust you. We acknowledge not our will, not our timeline, but God, your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support and partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.